Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Scott. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number two. And coming up, Scott and I will be talking about morality. Also in this episode, spin the wheel. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not Podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. And now, let's get ready to dialogue! Okay, and here we are, episode number two, Scott. We have survived episode number one. We made it one down. One, there's one in the books. We're probably a few less listeners now. <laughs> so so we're down to one. We're down to our last diehard my listener. My mom, my mom. She Your mom, never, Jamie's mom. She doesn't ever really listen. It's just in the background. But I tell her, listen, right, you yeah. click subscribe, click subscribe, and then <laughs> and then give us a good review. And she does, and she has no idea what she No, I'm kidding. Mom, I love you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, so today we're going to talk a little bit about this thing called objective moral values and duties, and it is something that um, uh, both Scott and I agree exist, and, uh, you know, basically it's this idea that there are things out there that are, are, are really right, and there are things out there that are, are really wrong, regardless of what anybody thinks of it. And um, so we're talking about that. And of course, we, we see this come up quite frequently, don't we, Scott, in, um, in threats? Yeah, it's a little bit of a quagmire, depending on who you're, who you're talking to. It can get kind of deep, kind of fast. It, it, can, get, it can get very philosophical, too. This is one of those topics that, um, it, that there's a lot of verbiage and there's a lot of um, also to a lot of history. I mean, people have been talking about um, morality, morals, right and wrong. Um, since uh, well, since humans have been around, and right. um, and and so um, I think that we all have at least I know you and I have this sense that there are these objective moral values out there, and so today I th- what we're talking about is primarily um, how do we ground these uh, morals uh, and duties? Basically, uh, what gives us the authority um, to make certain things? Um, obligatory, you know, like why should I, anyone have to listen to me when I say we sh- we ought not kill, you know, we ought not murder, or you you right. ought you ought not rape, you know, and so we'll talk about it from the uh, you know uh, the atheistic perspective as you know as a naturalist, you know exactly how is it uh, you know that you're able to ground these uh, moral values and duties. And I'm, right. I'm uh, sure we'll have some pushback. It'll be a good time. Well, that's kind of the point now, isn't it? <laughs> well, this would kind of be a boring show if we just like, yep, we agree on that. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It, it would. It would. It, we. we I know that there are some people probably going to tune in just to see some fireworks, and um, and and you'll get it. That's for sure. Well, we better deliver. We better deliver. That's right. All right. Without further ado, let's deliver. This is the main event, round one. 
we wanted to talk about what we call objective moral values and duties. And, um, you know, just as our, our sense perception tells us uh, about the physical world, that the physical world is real, like we can see things, we can hear things, and, and we're safe to assume that those things are real. We also have moral experience that tell us that moral values and duties are objectively real as well. And so one of the things that Scott and I both have in common is that we both agree that there are this these things that are called objective moral values and that um, uh, that we can know them. And so we're not necessarily going to be arguing that there is or there isn't objective moral values, but what is the best source if atheism is true is it able to account for objective moral values and duties? And if theism is true, can it do the same? And so in this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about morals, good and bad, right and wrong. Sounds good. Or bad, I guess. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm happy with that. All right. All right, Scott. So why don't you, um, well, actually, why don't we start by defining a few things? How does that sound? Sure, sure. So uh, stop me anywhere in here if anything doesn't uh, sound right or if, if you have uh, maybe a better definition or uh, if maybe you disagree. So when we say objective, we mean that it's independent of someone else's opinion. So when we talk about objective moral values and duties, uh, a good example would be uh, something like uh, the Nazis. Um, if they had succeeded in winning World War II and either killed everyone off that disagreed with them or brainwashed everybody into agreeing with them that uh, slaughtering of the Jews was fine, we believe that it would still be objectively wrong. So it, it, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks about that particular issue or that particular thing. We believe that it is outside of someone else's opinion. And that, of course, is, is opposite of subjective, which if something is subjective, then that means it is dependent upon someone's opinion. For instance, I like strawberry ice cream. That is, I think, the best ice cream. That would be a subjective statement. Scott, what would you say your favorite ice cream is? Uh... Boy, I you know I any kind of ice cream. Uh, strawberry, strawberry does rank up there though. But I'm, yeah. uh, I think I'm, I think if I had to choose a favorite, I'd have to go chocolate. Classic you know, chocolate. Just, you can never go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right. So right. objective is that thing that is is right or wrong, good or bad. Uh, the world is objectively round. So even right. when even when people thought the world was flat. It thought was, I like it. it you was, use past tense there, right? There's, 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 I'm not a there's still people there. out there now. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I do know that. Please, I I don't want to be associated with that camp. <laughs> so, uh, but even even the when uh, uh, people thought that the Earth was flat, it was still objectively uh, round. And right. then, of course, subjective we just said is the opposite of that. It is based on people's opinions. Now, when right. we talk about um, values and duties. Well, before uh, you get off of objective yeah. subject, I just want to throw in one. You know, the way that I remember that is just if something is objective, it's a, if it's a property of the object. Right. 
and something is subjective, it's a property of the subject of the person doing the talking or doing the thinking. And so, so if you, if you're like, let's say I'm talking about an apple. Okay. If I say the apple is red, redness is a, is a property of the apple itself. If I say the, the apple is delicious, that's something that I'm contributing. You know, that's something about me. Right. That's a good it's not, way. It's not about the object itself. It's about the subject me, being me of the sentence. Right. So that's a good way of, uh, of thinking about it. Um, now, moving on to values and duties, it's important that we distinguish between these two uh, things because they're not the same. So when we talk about objective moral values, uh, the values deal with uh, good and bad. So we're talking about moral worth. An example would be, it would be good for me to be a fireman. However, I'm not morally like obligated to be a fireman, but it would good be good for me to be a fireman. It would also be good if I were a teacher or or if I were a, a you know a, a doctor. And so there there can be things that are good, uh, but we're not obligated. Uh, to do them. So those are values dealing with good and bad. The duties um, deal with things that are right and wrong. Now, these are uh, obligatory. So they come with certain obligations. It's basically what I ought and what I ought not do. And here's an example of that. So I ought not torture people for fun, right? That's probably something I ought not do. So that would be considered like a duty. So we have the values and the duties, and while um, uh, good and right and bad and wrong um, might might sound um, similar, they're kind of in two different camps, and so we kind of have to distinguish between those two, you know, be kind of before we get into the weeds here. Any okay. uh, any any business or issues with those? Um, those seems pretty good, you know, pretty good foundational definitions there. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into some of the, some of the nuts and bolts in a little bit here, but let that's, I think that's a good starting place. Right. So I would um, say duties have to do with more like an individual deciding, you know, what to do with their day kind of thing. You know, duties have to do with uh, a person's intention or a person's action and values are kind of like a, like a descriptor, kind of a, a description of something, something is good, something is bad and so on. Okay. Um, I think what we'll do now is um, I'll, I'll give a quick summary of my position uh, on objective moral values and duties, and then um, maybe give a, give a quick summary of your position, and then I'll, you can, can kind of clarify some sure. things if you, think, uh, if you think we need to. So basically the argument from a theist perspective is uh, premise one, if God does not exist – then objective moral values and duties do not exist. Premise two, but objective moral values and duties do exist. The conclusion is therefore God exists. Now, um, I want to just before we even get going, clear up a few misconceptions because a lot of people, and I I know that uh, you you are far more advanced into the conversation that that you don't make this mistake, but a lot of people do. What the theist is saying is not that atheists cannot know what is good or or right or wrong, and we are not saying that atheists cannot be good or that they cannot do right, because oftentimes we know atheists that live a more wholesome, righteous life than a lot of Christians, unfortunately. 
And so we are not saying that whatsoever. Um, we're not saying that you have to believe in God in order to have objective moral values and duties. We're saying that God has to, there has to be a God, there has to be a standard in order for there to be these objective moral values and duties. And so, go ahead. I was going to say, so you're kind of, um, you're so you're building this on top of the idea of objective morals and values, right? You're kind of saying that, uh, so we agree on objective morals and values, and you're kind of saying, okay, so there must be a God, basically. Yeah. I, Just that, in a that's, nutshell. Yeah, that's my argument. Yeah, since, okay. we, since we perceive there to be these objective moral values and duties, um, there must be a God. Now, I have to make that that argument. Of course, I have to bring in evidence and things like that. And I have to also tie those loose ends and explain right. why um, I believe that to be a sound argument. But of course, that's, you know, um, further, further down um, uh, in the podcast. So your position, uh, I'm assuming that it's safe to say as a uh, as an atheist, as a naturalist, you're also a humanist. Is that is would that be a correct? Definitely, okay. that would definitely be correct. Yes. And so, for you, um, objective moral values and duties are real, and and you believe that actions have like objective consequences, uh, beneficial, detrimental, and everything in between. And an action is quote moral if it promotes the well-being of conscious creatures, and it's immoral if it harms the well-being of conscious creatures does does that sound about right uh yeah yeah that's and that's that sounds good i should i should throw in here that uh much of what i say about this this position uh i i get from sam harris from sam harris he wrote a book called uh the moral landscape and so um even though you know, I've incorporated a lot of what he said, I don't always agree with Sam Harris, but I, I agree with him largely, almost almost across the board, uh, with his positions in the moral landscape. So I just wanted to get that out there. Um, much of this is is uh, borrowed from from what Sam Harris has said. Uh, I would say one little thing about uh, the statement: objective moral values and duties are real. If I were to say that they, I, I agree that they're 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 real, but it's it's not like they're real, like the way that, you know, a car is real. It's more like right. they're real as, as meaning that they, we can describe an action as being moral or immoral. Right. There are Th things, a, yeah, there are things that, that we can actually, we can actually hold someone accountable. Right. Uh, based on what we know morally. Um, so while they're not real in, in the sense of, um, you know, the, the bottled water sitting in front of me or the microphone that I'm talking into, they're just as real in a different sense. Right. They're, they're real as, as meaning that they're a characteristic of the physical world. That's the way that I would say it. Gotcha. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, also too, I, I would add, or also I would probably have to, um, um, continue saying this, the same thing goes for my arguments. Nothing that I am saying is original. Almost nothing I say is original anyhow, but in, in, in regards to um, this particular argument, all of these things have been borrowed from, uh, you know, several millennia of, of thought from, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the great 
thinkers, both Christian and non non Christian, starting back with Plato and Aristotle, and and, and moving forward. So uh, all of it's not like my argument is original either. This is all all borrowed um, ideas and 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 things like that. So I want to make sure I got that that copyright out there. Duly noted. It's been entered into the minutes. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so, uh, well, I, let me uh, let me start by asking you then. Um, so, you think that objective moral values and duties are real? That's a good thing. I'm glad we we agree with that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you're familiar with what they call the ought is problem, correct? Right. Yep. So, for for our listeners, the ought is problem is is this is that we can describe what 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 something is uh, with with science and things like that but science can't necessarily tell us why we ought to do something so uh, science could tell us a lot about um, maybe say objective moral values and duties it could tell you from a psychological standpoint maybe uh, physiologically what people are going through when they make these kind of decisions. It could tell us um, maybe from an evolutionary standpoint, if you, if you're in that camp, how we have developed these over time um, as almost kind of a herd uh, morality mentality. Um, So science could tell us um, what something is, but Mm -hmm. it, unable to tell us why we ought to to do something. So under kind of this um, idea that there are objective moral values and duties, um, how would you say you bridge that gap or or can you? Well, I guess I would say that um, really the I think the crux of that is ought problem has to do with um, the idea that uh, in order for there to be an ought, there really has to be a goal in mind. You know, sometimes that goal is explicitly stated. Sometimes that goal is implied. Um, and like, let's say, for example, that uh, I'm sitting down at a table with you and each of us are holding uh, a hand of five playing cards. Okay. So just dealt from a regular deck. I have five cards, you have five cards. And so, so the question I ask myself is, okay, what ought I do at this point? And, and part of that is, well, it depends, it really depends what game we're playing. Mm-hmm. Right. If we're playing uh, go fish, maybe I should uh, I should you know ask you if you have any threes or so I ought to do that as as part of my strategy for uh, the implied goal of trying to win the game. Mm-hmm. Or if we're if we're playing poker, uh, you know, maybe five card draw, then then what I ought to do is keep these three threes and dump the jack and the seven in hopes of getting another three. Okay. And right. so in that case, it would be, uh, there, there would be an implied goal of me wanting to win the poker game. So I think when we talk about ought, we, we, there, we really have to keep in mind that ought is kind of meaningless if we're not, if we don't have a goal in mind, like, and like I said, either explicitly a goal or implicitly. And so if I'm walking around, uh, d- during my normal day, I might be thinking, okay, what ought I do right now in this case? You know, if, if I come across a situation, what ought I do? Well, um, maybe I'll, I'll think of, okay, I see, uh, uh, I see a car on fire there. I ought to check to see if there's anybody in there. Um, and I think there the implied goal is that, 
um, that I would want to help them. If they were, if there was somebody in danger, I would want to help them just because that's, that's kind of a, one of, that would be one of my goals walking around during the day. So, so that would be the, basically the, the, the focus that I would throw or the spotlight that I would throw on that is ought problem is that, um, if we try to, if we try to use the word ought without, without an, ex, without a goal, then it kind of loses its meaning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think then I would ask, so you, you believe that if it, if it harms the well-being of conscious creatures that we ought not do it, and if it's beneficial, we ought do it. Um, well, I would say that uh, our ought really come, yeah, so if, if our goal, if our personal, you know, so ought, if are we talking about it like, big o ought like societal yes. level ought yes okay. yes yeah okay so so in that case the the um the implied context of that would be the well-being of the society okay so if we say uh, i ought not steal from somebody i might i might want to make the argument well if i stole from them then i would have more right wouldn't that be better for me but if we consider that in the con i mean we are as a matter of of fact, I think I think we would agree that it's an objective fact that we are um, we're societal creatures, right? That we're that mm-hmm. we live with other we live with others in communities and civilizations and so on. And so uh, the the smooth running of the society and and the smooth running of, of the civilization is important to us. And so in order for and so that's where, where I would say that these. Uh, these ought or these moral duties would derive from would they would derive from the fact that we do in fact live with other people and um, if it was if I stole from somebody then that would upset and it would give me a short term gain of having you know an extra five bucks or whatever but it would give me the long term drawback of of having it you know having that that balance that societal balance upset and so. Uh, so I think that's that would be if we're talking the big O ought it, it would there would still be that context of the the world that we live in and and so that's right. how we would apply that. So why though um, assume and, and we're going to assume for the sake that atheism is true that there is no God that okay. natural naturalism is the correct um, worldview and that we're just molecules in motion. Okay, mm-hmm. that that we are just, you know, Carl Sagan uh, said this in the 70s and 80s. And then, um, you know, people like uh, Richard Dawkins and other people have basically picked up this idea since that we are nothing special. We are just a species of creatures on a tiny little planet in, in, in the midst of a, a sea of nothingness. And they've been saying for decades that we are nothing special. And so in the animal kingdom, we see animals stealing from other animals all the time. So why, but we don't necessarily think that that's the case. For instance, a chimpanzee grabs a banana from another chimpanzee. It doesn't steal the banana, it just took it. Or when a, when a whale forcibly copulates with another whale, it doesn't rape the other whale, it forcibly copulates. Or when a zebra is, is killed by a, by a lion, it's, it's, it's killed by the lion, it's not murdered. Mm-hmm. And so under, uh, under 
atheism or naturalism. If that's true, we're just an advanced primate. Why, why believe we are any different than, than the animal kingdom? We are just but an advanced animal. So why think it best to uh, do what's best for society? Who cares what's best for society? Uh, uh, that would only tell us that it might be beneficial in some way, but that's not telling us uh, why we ought to act differently than, say, animals do. Well, uh, well, here we can separate um, the objective measurement of an action, right? We can we can determine whether or not an action either benefits or harms another person. Right. We can if I if I steal somebody, it's easy to point to the harm that was done there. And so and so that would be the the objective application of the value. Now, you asked why? Why should we care? Right. If if uh, if we're just like every anything else in the universe, you know, why? Why, why do we matter at all? Well, and why are we special? Is, why are we special? Right. And, and, the, and what I would say to that is, well, we are special to ourselves. But that's just speciesism. That's just a bias towards one own species. Why? Why? Why not cockroaches? Right. Why but, not, but our, why not but chimpanzees? The reason is because we are not just part of a human community, but we're part of a this worldwide ec- ecology. But why you know, under why under why under atheism does that matter? Why does it matter how well we treat other people? I mean, and uh, who's to say that because say I'm a person? Us, well. But what and so it does certainly that make? It, it so it matters to me how people treat other people. Well, who would be right then, Hitler or Mother Teresa? If 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 it was if it came down to choices between two people, right? Mm-hmm. Do we treat people the way Mother Teresa says we should treat people, or the way Hitler decided he wanted to treat people? Because Hitler, in a lot of ways, believed he was right. Mm-hmm. So why so could not? He- why so the not? question would be then, who can demonstrate the harm and the benefit? And so, but by the way, I, I don't think harm, mother. Why does harm so, and benefit have anything to do with what we ought to do? I think that you're like making the the like the well being of conscious creatures. You're ch- making that the ultimate good. So the ultimate good is. I didn't say the is, ultimate good. I would just say that that's well, something that's good. Right, but what I'm saying is, is why is that? Why is that your your stopping point? Like, why is it? Well, I, I, we sh- we are special, and and and, and you know, we got to look out for number one. So we could somehow impose rules and values upon people, um, even if they don't agree with it, uh, for the sake of of society, I suppose. So, but so that, right, that, but that's we, my but we could we could demonstrate that societies that operate that way are harmful. We could show that. We could show that if a if a if a group of individuals enslaves another group of individu- individuals, we can demonstrate the harm. We can right. show you it. Can, we can point can, to right. it. But that you, yeah, that's right. You that's but that's epistemology. So epistemology, we probably should define it. Um epistemology is like the th- as a theory of knowledge and it it, it is it is um the investigation of what distinguishes like a, a true justified belief from from opinion. So it's basically how we know something to be true. So epistemologically, we could know that it's it's wrong to enslave people because that harms them. 
There's a lot okay. of things that science can show us. Uh-huh. You know, that there's a lot of things that science can do in that in that regards in terms of epistemology. But what we're talking about here is ontology. Um, what something is, the, the 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 nature of it. So on naturalism, why does that make any difference? Why should our species be top dog? Why should we impose our values and our morals upon other people? Well, I didn't necessarily say our species should be top dog. I did say that we matter to us and the other things in our world also matter to us because they're part of our world, right? Uh, 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 mm-hmm. If we, if we, um, like, for example, if we uh, live on a farm and we're cruel to our animals, maybe we whip the horses or something like that. What that's doing is that's, uh, that's promoting harm. So we're living, in a, we're living in a society that's actually harmful to other creatures. And so then that opens the possibility that, well, maybe somebody's going to be harmful to us. Or maybe my child is going to see that example and going to be harmful to another child or is going to be harmful to somebody else's animal or damage right. somebody's property. Or so something so we can. So the idea here is that we can uh, we can we can look at an at an action and we can decide, you know, we can show we can demonstrate hardcore this is harmful. This is beneficial. Right, now you asked also, about, but you asked about but, ontology. And, and what I would say is that um, what makes what makes an action be be good, right? Not just necessarily be described as good, but actually be good has to do with the context that it's in. So it, you know, stabbing somebody is uh, in in some contexts would would be bad in most contexts would be bad, but there we could think of scenarios where stabbing somebody would be a good thing. Right. Again, but that's epistemology. That's no, no, you know, that's how we could know something to be, be true. Uh, that's epistemology. That's not right. Well, isn't ontology. that, isn't what, that what's relevant to us though? No, I'm, what I'm looking for is, is, is not, you know, you don't whip, your horse because you want your horse you want to take care of your horse so that your horse can 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 grow you know can work on the farm and could be beneficial to you and you don't want your kids to see that cuz that's not how you want your kids to right. act but i'm asking under naturalism why does why does that matter that all you're telling me is that for practical reasons for pragmatic reasons mm-hmm. i ought not do something because it, it it's beneficial to me but that, or, or to society, but that is just pragmatic in nature. That that just that doesn't tell us why we ought to do something. Like I said, why should Hitler uh, be vetoed just because it harms people? And again, that's exactly why. Because of that, so, that's the entire so, reason. So it's in human in human flourishing is is the goal. Is that a fact or no? Um, that would be part of it, I suppose. So if if we at some point decided that you know what euthanasia is probably a good thing for mm-hmm. uh, for society that would help if 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 you reach a certain age you know as we get older our bodies break down we're aware on I'm already, I'm already aware on our on our health <laughs> system uh, but you know. Uh, as we break down, we're aware on our on the health system. We're, mm-hmm. we're detrimental to our own families sometimes, and so at, at some point in time, uh, it, we could see that m- maybe it would be beneficial for society that um, that that we euthanize anyone over seventy years old. 
uh, that that would help flourish the human race. That would help uh, help so that we're not overpopulated and that could help on a number of levels. So you see, it seems very arbitrary to say so, that human flourishing is that standard, that thing that we should say we ought not do something because it, it doesn't it doesn't promote human flourishing or it does promote human flourishing. So we so, should. Do. So let's look at that. Let's look at that. Let's look at euthanasia. Okay. So if we could demonstrate that that was beneficial for society, then that would be a good thing. I don't think it. I don't think. I really? don't think we can do that. I don't think we can do that. I think it's clearly demonstrable that it's not good for society, especially because we have other options available. But, um, look, but, for example, no, you're, for you're, you're example, you're just telling me though. You're just telling me though that your standard is what's beneficial for society, and I'm telling you that if if at one point we find that that is beneficial for society, then you would be on board with it. According if, to your own you could, standards, if you could demonstrate that that was a good thing, then wow, who could who could argue? Who you couldn't argue? I could argue. I could argue. Well, not if not if atheism is true. If it if was a good thing, if no, no, if Christianity were true, I could say no that God has created us in His image, the Imago uh-huh. Dei, and that because of that, we have intrinsic worth and intrinsic value, and no one has the right to take anyone's life. Uh, but then you would be wrong. No, I wouldn't because you would be demonstrably wrong. No, what I'm saying is if Christianity is true. So so I was on your worldview. I was saying, okay, if under atheism, if atheism is true, why do we ought not kill off old people because they're a drain on society? And you said, well, because we can't show that it's beneficial. And if we could show that it's beneficial, I suppose, then that that's something that we would consider. So what I'm saying that if if Christianity, Christianity, if Christianity is true, Uh then that would be completely wrong and we could show it to be wrong. uh, But that's logical. If 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 Christianity were true and euthanasia could be demonstrated to be good. No, 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 because we know it's not good. No, I'm not saying under. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So we're talking about. If euthanasia could be demonstrated to be good, if euthanasia could be demonstrated to be beneficial for society, right, beneficial to human flourishing, right, okay, then then under atheism, there's no reason why we shouldn't consider that. Well, what I mean, I'm saying not, is under not, uh, under theism, what I'm saying is under theism, we would never consider that, no matter how good it right. is for society. And then you would be wrong. That's no, because but you already said that if, if no, we could demonstrate that it's good and you said it I'm, was not good, then you'd be wrong. No, Scott, I, you, you're misunderstanding me. I'm saying and I'm, maybe I'm jumping back and forth. I'm saying under if atheism is true. OK, if it if atheism is true, uh-huh. then under that standard, if we find that euthanasia to be a, a good beneficial thing for society, that's something we ought consider. However, if Christianity is true, okay, okay, so now Christianity is true, no matter how much euthanasia would benefit society, it would be wrong because God says it's wrong. Well, then God would be wrong. No. Why, why are you suggesting that somehow good? If we can demonstrate that it's good, 
No, if we can demonstrate that it's good for society, not not good in the um, uh, but under under atheism. Well, good if for we what? Could demonstrate then? it's for human flourishing. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm. So what I'm saying though is, under the Christian worldview, that would not be good. And even if we could show that it was somehow beneficial, it still wouldn't be right. Right, because some things could be beneficial. It would be beneficial for me to kick in the house next door, the neighbor's door, and go take all their stuff. That would be beneficial for me if I could get away with it. But, but it that, doesn't mean it's right. So that well, that would be beneficial for you in the short term, but it would be harmful to you. It would be harmful to you to be in a society that that thing that that kind of thing was okay. Right. No, I, I understand that, but what I'm talking about is is what is your end goal, right? What is what is your um, what is your reason for saying we ought do something and we ought not do something, and what I'm uh, or we ought do something and we ought not do something. I think I said that right. Anyhow, yeah, that sounds right. What, what I'm <laughs> I, I I'm tongue tied, and what I'm saying is, and and it's hard because maybe I'm I'm jumping back and forth too much, um, you know, saying. But what I'm saying is, is if under atheism, if if atheism is true, then we should do what would be beneficial for society. Um, like I think we should do that regardless of whether or not atheism is correct. Well, see, I, but the thing I'm saying though is that just because it benefits society doesn't doesn't make it right. What else would right mean? What, so what is so let's so under your paradigm, under, what does under, what does right, right mean? What right, what right right comes from God's nature. So the the good and the right, the well the the good comes from God's nature, and the right comes from His moral commands. And so, if God said, if God told you today that murdering was correct, that murdering See, was that, a good thing. That's the old Euthyphro dilemma. You're not going to kick that old can out, are you? I, I didn't say Euthyphro. What I'm saying is if God <laughs> told you that murdering was good, would that be good? That's like telling me, uh, can you make a round square? You're not answering because, the question. And I'll tell you why. Because it's, it's, a, it's a false dilemma. You're giving me only two options, either yes or no. But there's a third option. Okay, what's the third okay. option? So, the so, so let's say, so imagine this scenario, you're sitting there, God starts talking to you and he says, Jamie, murdering is good. I want you to go out and murder six people today. And so what's your take on that? Let's hear so the third option. Right. So what I'm saying is this is what's called in philosophy is the Euthyphro dilemma. And it comes from the old, uh, from Plato. And, and he had this question, um, is, is, is. Um, uh, something is, is good an action because pious. God is God is something good because God says it's good, or does God say it's good because it is good? And right. what the, what the theist would say is there is a third option, and that is something is good because it comes from God's nature. God is just good. That's in His nature. So God doesn't look to another standard outside of Him. And he is not arbitrary and just deciding, ah, I think I'll make murder wrong today. Or oh, I think I'll make stealing right today. God would never do that because God is good and these commands flow from his nature. 
So what you're asking of me is, uh, uh, it's almost like saying, could God make a rock so big he can't lift it? Well, I no. can't answer that no, question. No, no, that's not well, what I'm I saying. I, I can't I can answer that question. No, God can't make a rock so big he can't lift it because God can only do that which is logically possible and that which flows from his nature. And so what I'm saying is God would never uh, command, uh, make the command that now killing is good. Okay. And killing is right. And I ought to do that on a regular basis. So, but we're, so we're considering a hypothetical situation. Okay. So let, so what would you do then? What would you say if God said that to you? I think it's ridiculous, Scott, because it's not, God would never say that. So you're asking me to answer a question. It's a dilemma. It's a false dilemma. You're only giving me two options. And that is not, that's, and what I'm saying is, is that would never happen. I, I just asked an open-ended question. I just said, what would you right. say to and that? I just, and I just told you the answer, that that would never happen. That, so so if, God, that if God said that to you, you would say to him, you can't do that? No. I, you know what I would say? I would say that this must not be God, because in his word, I believe in the Bible, it says, thou shalt not murder. So right? you're so, so now you're promoting the contradiction here. I just said, let's say that God tells you that murdering is good. Right, but what I'm what I'm telling you, Scott, is you're giving me a question that doesn't have an answer to it. You're giving me a false dilemma. Do you, do you understand where I'm coming from? I understand what you're saying, but I okay. I don't think it's addressing right, my question. Yeah, because you're I'm not giving you the answer you want. I, I think I, you, I didn't want, want to, any particular answer. I just no, wanted an I answer. Think, right. So if I say no, I would tell God to shove it. Then you'd say, ah, oh, see. Where's your Where's your grounding now? And if I said no, I would go ahead and do it. And you go, ah, see, haha. That's like saying, hey, did you stop beating your wife? Well, <laughs> I, think, I think you made. Right. I think you made that that the the last time that we, that we right. said something. That that's a question I can't answer because okay. I I don't believe that either one of those are right. I've never started beating my wife, and I haven't stopped because I never started. So so let me let me let me rephrase my question then. Okay. What if you don't understand God's nature? And God's nature is such that murdering is bad. What if people, humanity, don't understand God's nature? Certainly that mm -hmm. is something that we can wrap our heads around. Sure. What, if we, what if we actually don't understand what God's nature is, and God says to you, murdering is good? Now, would that make murdering good? Uh, again, I can't. I would say that it that is just even too difficult to even think of. First of all, I would say that God should have probably done a better job of of uh, expressing what was what is right and what is I wrong. I would agree so, with you on that. Yeah. Okay. So at that point, so but what I'm saying though is, if Christianity is true, or mm -hmm. if theism is true, and there is a God. Mm -hmm. We believe that he has almost all theists, Jews, Muslims, and Christians alike believe that God has given us an innate sense of what is what is right and wrong. Okay. Um, over the over the big perspective, and so um, so we have a, a kind of an innate sense of wow, that would be wrong, or or that would be right, and that would be good. So that's what what we would say is is 
good, right, and wrong is from God's nature. But I'm talking about under atheism. If atheism is true, uh-huh. then why why do we ought do something? Uh, and, here, and here's the thing, too. Let me just say that I think we're at a point now to where we're, we're starting to circle um, or spin our wheels. So okay. um, what is, is there something else that you wanted to... Um, you know, to go through or to, to touch on kind of before we, I'm thinking about wrapping up. Okay. So I wanted to see if there's anything else that you wanted to hit on or something you haven't said, I'll let you have the, you know, I'll let you have the last word. Well, I mean, we, we started out, uh, you know, you started out your argument. If God does not exist, then objective moral values and duties do not exist. And I presented an option for, a grounding for objective moral duties and values that is not dependent on the existence of a God. And, okay, and, and I, prom- I, I, I promised I, you the last word. There okay. you go. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted so badly to jump back in, <laughs> but I'm like, no, we will continue to circle. We can't do that. They'll, they will, they will, they will not, they will not tune in for episode three. I think you're still if, talking. I think you're taking my last word from me <laughs> by, 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 by pointing count. out, by pointing out how you gave me the last word. You're actually taking the last <laughs> word. Okay, Scott, my face <laughs> is broken the pieces from that back and forth. I may have to go to the ER. Yeah, that was a epic, epic battle. Get the X-rays. Uh, good. That was a good, uh, a good fight. I enjoyed it. But we came out still friends. That's what's important, right? No, I mean, I want to, I want to cha- change <laughs> your not... mind. That's what's important. Oh uh, right. Oh friendship, shoot. Friendship okay. is secondary, Dang. Scott. All right. Well, always, I got to go sharpen my knives then. You've I always to... been second in my, in my, my heart. <laughs> oh, no, that was, uh, okay. no, that was, it was good. You know what? Uh, for our listening audience, this is one of those topics that's hard to talk about um, with yeah. people, even, I mean, with strangers for sure, uh, but even with family and friends. You know, um, morality. What, Sometimes, you know, especially yeah. with family and friends. You know, like what you ought to do, you know, telling someone right. what they ought to do. I mean, that that could get pretty heated. And um, and sometimes, you know, man, we lose our heads and lose our cool. But I think we I think uh-huh. we reeled it in. Uh, uh, and, and did yeah, I think so. I think we did just strong. fine. So, uh, part- you know what? You know what? Let, uh, something I just want to interject in here. It reminds me of. Uh, when I'm in Taekwondo class, right? When, when I'm facing my opponent, everybody in that class is my friend. Uh, you know, where it's mm-hmm. not like I have bitter enemies in there, but we fight each other. Mm-hmm. It's a fighting sport. And, and, you know, basically I fight my friends. I've, I've fought my wife, you know, I've mm. fought my brother, you know, and my, and many of my friends, my kids, mm-hmm. I've fought my kids in Taekwondo. And so, you know, and, and obviously, you know, I hold back. You know, it's it's all about con- self control. But basically, what we're doing is when I'm facing off with my opponent, I want them to try to kick me in the head mm-hmm. because I want to get better. Right. You know, that's that's kind of the point. And then when we're done, we shake hands and we move on to the next right. thing. And yeah, so it's kind of the same thing here. That's a very good point. Too often, when um, particularly like you know, say like a Facebook on Threads and things like that, a lot of times. We have left the conversation five or six posts ago, and what we're currently doing is just being dogmatic for the sake of the rest of the 
the people watching in, you know, and, and, and we're, 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 we're too afraid to um, be in that scuffle uh, and, 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 and let the chips fall where they may, you know, like, like present your best argument and let the other person present theirs and, and then, and then just let the chips fall. And a lot of times we mm-hmm. put up that wall where maybe I'm not interested in improving. I just want to win. And, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the bad attitude. Unfortunately, that a lot of times if, if we're not cognizant of that, that's the attitude we have on almost a subconscious level that, that we right. want to win the argument. We want to win the discussion. Right, and we right. want to, you know, everybody, we want everybody to agree with us when we get out of there um, as opposed to uh, what you were talking about, just, Hey, you know what? I, I want them to, to put out their best for mm-hmm. them and for me, because that's right. going to make us both better. That's a, that's a, that's a really yeah. good point. And I think well, that's, that's our, our, the motto of our show, right? Argument amongst friends. We're, yep. Where truth stems from argument amongst friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's what we're shooting for. Well, if, if they enjoyed morality part one, um, I think they will uh, love uh, the next uh, few episodes. Uh, we do have one that kind of stems uh, from this discussion. And so, Scott, if you remember, we um, um, in part two, uh, morality, quote, part two, uh, where we really don't talk about morality much. It's it is kind of behind the scenes. Um, right. You know, we we're kind of setting some things up, trying to figure out how we we're going to do some things. And it turned out to be um, a really, a really good discussion. So, um, and that'll be some, sometime down the road. Uh, so I uh, hope you look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, part of what we're doing here is not just arguing about stuff is we're trying to, and, and, you know, we might sound like super smooth professionals on the air, but <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but we're just, we're just, you know, we're hacking our way through this just like anyone else. You know, we're, we're, we're figuring this out as we go here. Right. And so, uh, so I thought it was interesting. It was really fascinating listening back to that discussion. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, just that approach, you know, we've committed to, to you, to doing that we've committed to communicating. And so that, uh, you know, really molded that whole discussion. So I think that I'm looking forward to, to hearing that one on, uh, in an episode, in a future episode, I would love too to get some listener feedback at some point. Um, y- you know, I would love for well, you just give your mom a call, right? Oh, that's true. Hey, ma. <laughs> right. Hey, don't you talk to her already? It's your eldest. Just ask her. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. She would say I don't talk to her enough. So maybe this is an excuse to give her a call. She'll probably be like, which one? There you go. Which one? Oh, that one. Uh, yeah, you kicked his butt. You did a good job, Jane. Like, no, no, we wasn't kicking anybody's butt. It was so, uh, anyhow. So uh, having hacked my way through that, let's let's move on to our, our side bit here, Spin the Wheel. Spin that wheel. All right, so we're spinning the wheel here, and and uh, in this side segment, um, basically, no whammy, no, right, right, no, no whammy. whammy, baby. So, Woo! so, so, what's no going to happen here is that I'm I have uh, selected topics of that I'm going to throw at Jamie, and so I'm going to spin the wheel and pick one of them at random, and then. Um, he's going to have two minutes to answer and he can, you know, answer that in any way that he wants. And once those two minutes are up, then boom, then we're done. You cut, I'm 
I'm going to cut you off, Jamie. That's that's it. You only have two minutes. All right. And then we're going to go the other way. Then he's going to spin the wheel and ask me a question. So here we go. Spinning the wheel. Woo. Come on, baby. Big money. Big money. Land on something I know. Bankrupt. No. Uh, okay. So that was okay. So that number. Okay. So we got. Uh, here's your topic. The topic is. And this is a big oh break from from what you're used to. The topic is theology. Okay. So okay. here's here's the question. Um, what is hell? What is it like? Am I going there? And do I deserve it? So I'll give you a few seconds to think about those. What is hell? What is hell like? Holy Am God. I going to hell? If I were to die this instant, am I going to hell? Oh. And do I deserve to go to hell? And you have two minutes starting. Okay. I'll first say that we all deserve hell. Okay? So I'll include myself in that. Every single one of us deserve hell because we've broken God's moral law. God has given us a moral law. He's written it on our hearts. We break it all the time. And because God is perfectly just, uh, he can't let uh, something like that go unpunished. So he wouldn't be perfectly just if he didn't uh, punish us for the things we've done wrong. And Hitler wouldn't get his due desserts either. So we're all in that uh, position where we all deserve uh, hell. But God didn't... uh, uh, want that he wanted uh, obviously um, his creatures to commune with him and um, and so he made a way that we wouldn't have to do that so that he would be punished himself he'd take the punishment on himself so he could still be just and then pour out his mercy and love upon us and so I would say that um, we have to accept that um, um, we have to accept that uh, reprieve or that um, um, that gift from God. So anybody who hasn't accepted that gift from God will be going to hell. And what hell is, is it's just the worst conceivable place. And it is that way because um, it is absent of anything good because God is the good. And um, so Anything apart from him is what we would consider hell. Now, in the Bible, there's all kinds of talk about hell. Um, There's a lot of different things to think about, whether it's fire, torment. Um, I don't know one way or the other. I just know it's the worst place ever. Boom. Perfectly timed. All right. Well said. Oh, (laughs) man, that was I was on the hot seat there, buddy. (laughs) Well, you know, my goal is not to make it easy for you, right? <laughs> and speaking of not making it easy for you, I have, okay. I have a bunch here to All pick right, from. Ready to so spin go the wheel? Ahead. We'll, we'll All spin right. the wheel. Let's go. Uh-oh. All right. And look at that. So the question is this, what argument for theism do you find the most persuasive oh, and why? <laughs> okay. And why? Okay. Um, all right. You ready? You want to start the timer? Let's start it. Here we go. 
All right. Well, first, I would have to say, what what do we mean by quote unquote most persuasive? Because obviously, I I don't believe there's a God, and so I haven't been persuaded at all. So I guess what I would have to say, I mean, I could answer that a couple of different ways. I I, I could answer what do I think is the least unpersuasive? Because certainly there are worse arguments than others. Um, you know, believing a God because my dog told me to is less persuasive than you know, say, you know, pretty much anything else. Um, but, but I, the way I would approach it is what do I think, uh, what, what do I think convinces most people of God? And, and what I, what I would say there is just, um, that it's not even necessarily an argument. It's, it's more of just, um, that's just what we do. You know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if I would say it's an emotional response. I don't know if it has to do with, uh, upbringing. Um, but I would say that, the the most effective uh, reason that people believe in God is the mere fact that we are, you know, that we've evolved a certain way and we, we believe what our parents tell us. And so if our parents are telling us from a, from a young age that, um, that, you know, that there's a God and they're talking about it as if it were a fact, then that's kind of what we adopt. And it becomes, it becomes part of our part of our psyche. It becomes part of, you know, what's ourselves. It becomes part of our identity. Um, now that's not to say that that always works. Um, I was raised with a, in a religious family, fairly religious, not super religious. Um, they're actually more religious now than they were when, when I was growing up. And so it was kind of a loose, uh, we kind of moved from church to church. Uh, boy, I'm running out of time. Um, uh, but yeah, but I would say that, uh, you know, where the way people are brought up is the most, reason that people believe in God. And that about wraps it up for this episode number two. Please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode, um, Scott recommends. Scott recommends. Well, I already brought it up in the discussion, and that is uh, The Moral Landscape by Sam Harris. Uh, it's a very easy read. He's, uh, I don't know, he has to be one of the most uh, eloquent writers I've read. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he gives a, a much more detailed uh, and fleshed out uh, description of, of, of what I was trying to stumble through uh, in my talk earlier. So that's The Moral Landscape by Sam Harris. No, I, I, can't, I can't recommend that book because that'd be like apostasy. But I will say that I have read it. It is a good book. It's like it. it it's easy to read given what we're talking about, like the philosophical nature and some of the science behind it. And, but he does mm -hmm. a good job of like kind of, you know, for the layman, so to speak. So um, right, right, I'm not right. going to say I agreed with it, but I thought it, it was a good <laughs> and interesting read. So uh, you're, you're not signing off on anything here. It's we've, we've well established. Right. This is my recommendation. <laughs> my uh, recommendation now, is, what's yours? is um, the book is God, a moral monster by uh, Paul Copan. And uh, he is a Christian philosopher. And uh, basically the book covers, it's not, this isn't exactly what we talked about today, but it's in the realm of morality. And I know there's a lot of people who have questions about, um, certain things uh, in in the Bible or in Christendom, you know, for instance, oh, the, yes. the slaughter of the Canaanites. How could a good God, 
you know, do something like that or command something like that. And so uh, Paul Copan, he, he takes um, a, a lot of these objections and kind of in the book kind of walks through and explains to you, you know, a lot of times it's a contextual thing, um, but um, mm-hmm. he, uh, it's a very good book for those who are interested in, in, uh, in, uh, morals, objective morals. Where do they come from? Um, is 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 God uh, bound by these kind of morals? If there is a God, that kind of thing. So I think our readers uh, or our, li- our listeners will uh, in- enjoy that as well. So, um, you got anything else, Scott? No, that'll about do it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll be back with us next time when Scott and I will be talking about abortion. Until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. Bye-bye. This has been the God or Not Podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. 